Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, and whether you call Collective your church home or you are just checking us out, we hope you are encouraged and inspired to take the next step in your journey toward the grace and truth of Jesus. For more information about Collective, you can visit us online at mycollective.church or follow us on social media at mycollectivechurch. Now, let's get into today's message. Happy Mother's Day, Collective. We know that there are a complex range of emotions when it comes to today, and a Mother's Day in quarantine will only magnify them because so many of you are celebrating your moms or your growing family. So many of you are mourning the loss of a mom or you're a mom mourning the loss of a child. So many of you are thinking this wasn't the Mother's Day you expected in both good and painful ways. We want you to know that however today makes you feel, we love you and we're praying for you. Also, thank you to everyone who came yesterday to pick up flowers for Mother's Day. It was great seeing you even at a distance. Last year, we started a tradition where we give everyone an opportunity to take a potable flower home with them as a way of honoring life and loss. And the flowers, nicknamed Sammy's Flowers, represent renewal, hope, and growth. They're a reminder of God's creation and his goodness. And many of you took the time to get those to honor your mother, honor your wife, honor a neighbor who's a mom, or honor someone that you wish was still with us. Thank you for helping us keep that tradition going. And barring any unforeseen circumstances, we hope that we have something very special planned for Father's Day as well. So stay tuned. All right, let's jump into today's teaching. In October of last year, 25-year-old Tyler Moon was running in a 10-mile race in Minnesota. And for those of you who have run races before, you know this, but in case you're like me and you think running is the worst and the idea of doing a group run that costs money feels more like a punishment than fun, when you run a 5K or a 10-miler or a marathon, you wear a bib that's pinned to your shirt with your name and number on it so that the organizers know who's running the race. But for Tyler, instead of putting his name, he opted to have the phrase, Jesus saves, printed on his running bib, which proved to be fortuitous. When Moon reached the eighth mile of the race, his heart began beating irregularly and he collapsed. His heart stopped pumping blood. But luckily for him, behind him in the race was a registered nurse. And I'm not making this up, a man named Jesus, Bueno. So Jesus dropped down beside Moon, and he and a running colleague began CPR until paramedics arrived. He saved Tyler's life. Jesus saves, or in this case, Jesus saves. Over the past few weeks, we've been in this series where we're learning how to be good neighbors. And I've seen you all step up in amazing ways. And this is one of the reasons why I love this church because you all don't just join us online to check some sort of a box to say that you went to church. You join us online to learn and grow. And in the past few weeks, I've heard stories of people at Collective leaving encouraging notes on their neighbor's doors along with some treats. I heard about one couple who actually started a Facebook group for their neighborhood so they could be connected during this time. I've heard stories about you all bringing food to your neighbors, praying for your neighbors, going out of your way to meet your neighbors. Ultimately, I've heard story after story about you all crushing it as neighbors. And everything we've talked about in the past few weeks of this series has been leading up to today's topic. 
knowing your neighbors, praying for your neighbors, serving your neighbors. These are all great things to do, but these are all small things compared to what we're gonna be talking about today. Because the best thing you can do for your neighbors is to share with them the gospel of Jesus. Now, let me break down the word gospel for a second because this word has so much depth. The word gospel translates to good news. It actually comes from the Greek word euangelion, which is where we get the word evangelism from. So when you hear the word gospel, it literally translates to share the good news of Jesus. So the best thing that you can do for your neighbors is to share with them the good news of Jesus, to share with them that Jesus saves, to share with them that grace is available, to share with them that life to the fullest comes from Jesus. That's why we pray for and serve our neighbors because we want them to experience the love of Jesus because we know that love is life-changing, that that love brings hope, that love brings peace, that love brings joy, that love brings freedom. And with this series being called, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Our original intention was to simply play off the song and the intro to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But as I've learned more about the man, the myth, and the legend that is Mr. Rogers, I have learned that he didn't just start a television show to help kids learn. He started a television show to share the gospel. In an article about the life and ministry of Mr. Rogers, it said that his ministry was the broadcasting of grace throughout the land. Rogers called the space between the viewer and the television set holy ground. And he said that the central message of his show was that you are loved just the way you are, which is a core teaching of Christianity. Rogers seldom spoke about his faith on air because he believed that teaching through example could be just as powerful as preaching. He once said, you don't need to speak overtly about religion in order to get a message across. So Mr. Rogers was trying to offer good news every single time the camera was on. And the reason why he approached his show this way is because as a follower of Jesus, this is the mission given to Christians by Jesus. Right? Mr. Rogers' goal wasn't just to teach us how to tie our shoes or just to teach us about sharing or just to help us deal with an array of emotions that we felt as children. Right? He did all of those things and we're better because of that. But his main goal was to share with people that Jesus loved them. And he did that through teaching and serving and listening and caring for people. So Jesus's mission, the reason he came to earth, the reason he died, the reason he resurrected from the dead, his purpose can be found in Luke 19, 10. And it says this, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus's mission was to seek and save the lost. Every miracle, every lesson, every prayer, Everything he did was so that people who are far from God could know that they're loved, that forgiveness is available, that something so much better exists. There's a story in the book of Luke in the New Testament. And the context of this story is Jesus is hanging out with lost and broken people. And some of the religious leaders at the time asked Jesus, why do you eat and drink with such scum? And this is how Jesus answered in Luke 5. Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Listen, Jesus didn't come for religious people. He didn't come for Christians. He came for people who needed hope, 
He came for people who needed mercy. He came for people who were broken, messed up, sinful, lost. He came for us. I mean, Jesus came for me, an insecure, doubting pastor who struggled with anger and impatience and not trusting people for his entire life. Jesus came for me. Jesus came for you. And when you begin to follow Jesus, that becomes your mission as well. Because the truth is you just can't keep it to yourself. Have you ever been to a small hole in the wall restaurant that blew your mind? Like the floor was sticky. You try to read the menu. It doesn't make any sense. And the last time anyone did any work on the inside was when it first opened. But the food is life-changing. When Ray and I lived in Ohio, there's a sandwich place just outside of Cleveland called Gourmand's. And and the truth is, it's heaven on earth. It's that good. In fact, since living in Ohio, Ray and I have lived in four other cities, and we have never found a sandwich place that even comes close to this one. And listen, before you start adding your favorite sandwich place to the comments, you're wrong. Your place is not better, okay? But here's the thing about gourmands. They didn't do any marketing. The restaurant was in this weird office park at the end of a road that looks a lot like you're heading into a dead end to get murdered. And it wasn't a place that you could see from the highway and drive by and think, oh, we should check that out sometime. The only way you knew about gourmands was if someone told you. And more importantly, if someone brought you. We were bought by a friend named Jason Merrick, the real MVP of our time in Ohio. And we are forever grateful because gourmands was that good. But here's the thing. If Jason never brought us gourmands, we would have no idea what deliciousness was missing from our lives. Right, We would just keep eating at our normal Sanders places, which were good and even sometimes great. But the truth is something better was out there. And the same is true for Jesus. And yes, I'm comparing Jesus to a great restaurant, but hear me out. Your neighbors won't know how good Jesus is unless you share with them what he has done in your life. Right? Your neighbors don't know what's missing from their life. They don't know that there's a community of broken people just like them, who are waiting to meet them and let them know you belong here. They don't know that endless second chances are available. They won't know just how good Jesus is if we don't show them. And if you are a follower of Jesus, your mission is the same as his mission, to seek and save the lost. One of the last things Jesus did while he lived on earth was to pass this mission on to us. Matthew 28, it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And this is just Jesus saying, I'm the son of God, right? He's just saying, I am one with God. And what he's doing is he's getting ready to pass the baton onto his followers. So he's letting them know that he has the power to do that, right? Jesus is about to step down as the person leading the way when it comes to seeking and saving lost people. And he's handing that responsibility to people that are just like you and me. And Jesus continued, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, right? Jesus says, go and share the good news with everyone, right? Tell other people about me, show other people grace and truth. The whole world needs to know that I love them and I came to rescue them, right? He's telling them, this message isn't just for you. This message isn't just for this time right now. It's for everyone, everywhere. So go, And whether you grew up in church or this is the first time hearing this, 
You might hear the words go and all nations and be a little bit nervous. You may begin to think, is Jesus saying that I have to be a missionary to another country? No, that's not at all what he's saying. In fact, here's some nerd knowledge for you. In the Greek, which is the original language of the Bible, uh, where the word go is, it's actually a participle. And if you remember diagramming sentences in middle school, which by the way, those were the worst. Like I still have anxiety about being asked to go up to a board and diagram sentences. It was the worst. But a participle, if you remember, is a verb with ing at the end, right? So the better translation of this would be while going, right? While going, make disciples, Another way to think about this is while you are going about your life, right? So Jesus isn't saying pack your bags and head to Africa. You can do that, but you don't have to because what Jesus is saying, while you are going, make sure to tell other people about me. While you're working, while you're hobbying, while you're being a good neighbor, while you're using social media, while you're going about your life, show people the good news of Jesus. Bring grace into their lives. And I know that looks different right now, but don't dismiss this simply because we're working remotely and a lot of our hobbies are on hold because right now you have an opportunity to create habits in your life that can make a huge impact later. Now check this out. Jesus doesn't just stop there. And and this is really important. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, so Jesus tells people who follow him to not just share the good news, but to celebrate people making decisions of faith by baptizing them. Right, and we talked about this last week. Our faith requires action. Part of making disciples, part of the goal of helping people in your life follow Jesus is to celebrate them putting their faith in Jesus and getting baptized. One time I was sitting down with my mentor, who's the pastor of a really great church about 45 minutes from here. And I asked him how he makes sure to add depth, like that there's depth in every single sermon that he teaches. And I'll never forget what he told me. This is what he said. He said, there is nothing deeper than the grace of God. And he continued that real spiritual maturity is baptizing your best friend as a follower of Jesus. And you might disagree with that and that's okay. But I will tell you for me personally, after doing ministry for over 10 years, I have to agree That if you are a follower of Jesus, there is nothing greater in your faith than being able to invite someone to bump into Jesus, to watch them experience his grace and love, and then being able to celebrate their faith in Jesus and baptizing them. And the truth is that should be the goal for every single person who's watching right now and would say that they're a follower of Jesus. So here's a question I want to ask you. Who in your life doesn't follow Jesus? Who is completely missing out on just how good he is? Who needs the grace, hope, peace, and the life that Jesus offers? And what would you give to see them put their faith in Jesus and get baptized? Your time? Your talents? Your vulnerabilities? Your prayers? Jesus continues, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And again, we talked about this last week. Teach them to love God and love people. Right, show them what that looks like. Set the example. And then my favorite part, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So Jesus finishes by telling his disciples, even though I won't be with you anymore, you got this. Like, I believe in you. And I kind of feel like this is Jesus's way of letting his disciples know that it won't be easy to actually share the good news of Jesus with people, right? And I feel like Jesus is saying, even though this will be hard, you aren't alone, right? When you pray and pray and pray that your neighbor gives church a chance, but they never do, I'm with you. When you invite them and they say that they're gonna check it out, but they ghost you, I'm there. When you share what Jesus has done in your life, then they start to treat you differently you're not alone. But when they finally show up, when they finally check out Jesus, when they finally experience that amazing grace that is missing from their life and they begin to follow him and you get to celebrate their baptize, baptism, Jesus is celebrating with you. So if you are a follower of Jesus, your mission is to seek and save the lost. It isn't to become a Bible scholar. It isn't to have perfect church attendance. It isn't to be a pastor is to bring as many people with you to heaven as possible. And I know that that can sound weird. And I know that churches and Christians for years have used Jesus's mission to scare people into having faith, but that isn't what Jesus did. And we follow his example. Jesus loved people. He served people. He gave up his own life for people. He showed people that they were valuable, that they were worthy, that they were capable. And when people saw that, they asked why. Like, why are you doing this? Why do you care about me? Why do you love me? And his response was because God loves you. Because God's desire is that you are in a relationship with him and spend eternity in heaven with him. Right? Jesus' goal wasn't to get people to go to church. It was to get people to go to heaven. And if you follow Jesus, your goal should be the same. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus which is a ton of people that call collective their church home. Here's the truth. There's someone in your life that's praying for you every single day. There's someone in your life that wants nothing more than for you to experience the life that Jesus offers. And to be honest, if you've never taken that step of trusting him, if you've never been baptized, if you have never let Jesus rescue you, the truth is you are missing out on just how good he is. Right, and following Jesus doesn't make all your problems go away, but following Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. And I promise you that. Right, if you've never actually taken that step of faith in Jesus, if you've never been baptized, don't let the pandemic stop you from doing so. Right, and if you aren't sure you're ready to make that decision, but you want to talk to a staff member about what it means, we want nothing more than to be able to have that conversation with you. You can head to mycollective.church online to fill out a connection card and check the baptism box. Or you can email Danielle at danielle at mycollective.church. Either way, we want to walk with you through your next steps. Now I'm gonna finish with this. And this is a really hard story to tell because we're online. But a few weeks ago, I mentioned since the start of the pandemic, a few members of Collective have actually passed away one of which was a young man named David that many of you knew. And this hit our community really hard. It hit our team really hard. But even though we're sad, even though we're in mourning, even though we're mad, there's an element of peace involved because David loved Jesus. And David had given his life to Jesus. A few weeks ago, I was doing David's funeral on Zoom. And I want to share with you a little bit about what I said when I first met David a year ago, 
I met someone who was looking for a fresh start, but there was something different about David. It wasn't just an idea. He truly wanted it. And as we talked for the first time in the lobby of West Frederick Middle School after church, he shared with me that he was in recovery. David was always honest and open about his brokenness. He shared about the pain that other people had brought into his life. He shared about the mistakes he had made. And he shared that he was ready to start over. In fact, this is what David emailed me the afternoon that we first talked. I just know I'm in a place where if I don't find a relationship with God, I will remain broken. I'm ready for a new lease on life, to be free from my past and the pain I have endured. And I'm ready to have the hope I've been seeking for my whole life and never found. And so on June 2nd of 2019, many of us got to celebrate David's baptism. And when he got up out of the water, he had the biggest smile on his face. He took a deep breath and he looked up at heaven and the church just went nuts. I don't know if I've experienced a more beautiful moment in church. The truth is there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And just as Jesus promised, David was made new. He was forgiven. He was free. David experienced the amazing grace that Jesus offers. And the truth is David struggled his entire life but it was the love of people in this church that allowed him to see that God loved him, brokenness and all. And it was because of people in this church that he got to see just how good Jesus is. And that changed his life forever. On the day of David's passing, one of his mentors actually texted me and asked me to thank Collective. And this is what he wrote. David always felt loved and accepted while at Collective. And because of that, he found Jesus. And so thank you collective for being that kind of church. But let's continue to bring that same good news, that same love and grace and that same hope to our neighbors. As neighbors, we might not be able to fix everything that our neighbors are struggling with. We, We might not be able to solve all their problems. We might not even be able to make the impact that we hope to, but we can show them the grace of Jesus and give them something that's so much better. So pray for your neighbors. Pray that they are mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy. Pray that their needs are being met. Pray for peace during this tumultuous time. But more importantly, pray that they can experience the good news of Jesus. Pray for opportunities to share with them just how good God is. Pray that they give Jesus a chance. Serve your neighbors. Send them encouraging notes. Send them a meal. Send them something to pass the time while they're stuck at home. Take care of their needs. But more importantly, show them that you love them because Jesus loved us first. Show them what God's grace looks like. And above everything, bring grace to your neighbors because the best thing you can do for your neighbors is to share with them the good news of Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much um, that you love us. God, that ultimately the good news that we're called to bring other people, um, so many of us have already experienced. God, I pray that we figure out ways even in this pandemic, even when we're stuck at home, even though we're not working together and we're not seeing people the way that we used to, God, I pray that you give us opportunities to bring your good news to our neighborhoods, to the people who live around us, to the people that are in our life. Because the truth is there's nothing better than that. God, there's, there's no better peace and there's no better love and there's no better grace than what you have offered us and to every single other person in the world. 
And God, we don't understand fully why you trust us with that mission. God, because the truth is we mess it up uh, so often. But God, we know that even when we mess it up, even when we fall short, even when we get our hopes so high and they get just let down, God, we're just thankful that you're with us, that you're encouraging us, that you're reminding us exactly what that love looks like so we can continue to try to bring that out into our communities. God, help us bring good, be good neighbors. But God, ultimately, in everything that we do, help us make sure that we are showing people just how good you are. And God, for every person who's watching right now who isn't sure about you, isn't sure about what you can do in their life, God, I pray that they, they take a step closer to you today. God, that they no longer hesitate to send that email or to check that box or, or, or reach out to someone in their life that's introduced them to this church or to a church or to Jesus in general. God, I pray this week, instead of waiting for next week or waiting for the following week or waiting for us all to get back together, that this is the week where they take a step closer to you. God, and they begin to experience what you've offered them. God, because the truth is it's so much better than anything else. God, we thank you for that love. God, help us have the courage to bring it out into our neighborhoods. We love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.